Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Trade season. It's officially here. Or it kind of is. Everybody that signed in the offseason to new contracts. Pretty much available, except for a select few. January 15th is that date. But December 15th the date that a lot of guys are eligible to be moved. So we're going to get into that here on Keeping It 94. We're going to talk about all the best performances from Wednesday night. Surprisingly, we didn't record on a Wednesday after Steph Curry did some another amazing accomplishment like he usually goes on this show. We know that he is the all-time leader in three-pointers made way, way, way fewer amount of games than the previous record holder, Mr. Ray Allen. But that was a sight to see on Tuesday. We recorded that and did that on uh, Tuesday, though. We did a basketballnews.com watch party. That was fun. But this is Keep It at 94, part of the basketballnews.com podcast network. Your boys, Spencer Davies and Brian Fritz, bringing you the best all around in basketball. So, Brian, surprised that I didn't kick this off with Austin Reeves knocking down a game-winning three, but there was a more exciting game winner on Wednesday night, and that was Devontae Graham heaving a three-quarters court prayer to beat the Thunder in OKC and shock everybody in Thunder Nation. No one's going to really talk about that because of what the records are between those two, but as we've mentioned in, in a couple episodes ago, Nola's starting to find a little something. You know, the Lakers also starting to find a little something. Any of these teams that are starting to get on track, probably because they are healthy and not in COVID protocols, like basically half the league right now. (laughs) We're going to be talking about that too. So a lot to get to, uh, Fritzy. But uh, yeah, that, that Austin Reeves three, that game winner was pretty fun to watch. What uh, a couple of nights in the NBA on back-to-back nights when you talk about Steph Curry breaking the record and doing it, you know, at Madison Square Garden. And then a couple of big game winners, you know, on a very, very busy uh, Wednesday night slate and some really good games. So, uh, you know, the NBA, as much as we enjoy it, sometimes it can go off to a slow start. People are trying to read into the storylines and exactly what's going to happen. But I think over... You know, the past week, especially we've seen games and hopefully with teams getting healthier and, you know, everything that's going on when it comes to COVID protocols, unfortunately, and um, guys having to not be able to play. But 
I still feel like over the last week, maybe two weeks, you've really felt uh, an amp up in play around the league. Like guys have really kind of hit their stride. You can start to see teams with a little bit more chemistry and there's a little bit of separation between the haves and the have nots. And uh, I, I think the games are really starting to pick up at this point. Yeah, and uh, still nobody nobody knows who's standing out above the rest. That's the other difficult part. Well, you, if you look at it right now, the crazy thing is that, like, when you look at teams that are between, like, like the Grizzlies are 18-11. So they've won, that's a 62% winning percentage they've got right now. But if you go all the way down to, say, like, uh, the Sacramento Kings, who've won 41%, you're talking between all the teams that fit in that gap right there, it's like half the league, maybe even a little bit more than half the league. So that just tells you right now where everybody is at right now. And even the teams that are, you know, above it, there's not that many. Um, and it's not that big of a gap. And there's a couple of teams that are below that. And it's not that big of a gap either. So you're only talking about really like, you know, five teams that are really, really below and probably out of it already. And everybody else is just kind of in this massive crunch, you know. But like I said, I, I think we're starting to see teams start to figure it out a little bit and, you know, start to see their chemistry come through. And now that teams can really be active in trades, not that it's going to happen, you know, anytime soon, but I think teams are really starting to get to know what they have, what they need, and what moves they might need to make. Parity, parity, which makes uh, a lot of teams think about buying at that uh, trade deadline that's coming in a couple months. But as you said, uh, you know, we have a few names that are out there. I mean, the the rumors surrounding Ben Simmons are coming back now that uh, we're talking about, you know, Daryl Morey possibly, uh, you know, willing to hear teams out a little, even though he said it would take, <laughs> could possibly take four years, which was funny the first time we heard that report. Um, you know, CJ McCollum's in there. We have the triumvirate in Indiana. Even though they've been winning as of late, they did lose to the Bucks, um, who were without Chris Middleton and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, but Domas Sabonis, Miles Turner, Karis Levert, those are names that are out there. Um, I've heard someone, you know, mention the possibility of a, a Will Barton. You know, there's a, a lot of these names are interesting that we've we've hit on basketballs.com. Like the latest one we did, Christian Wood, um, even though he's you know, always been eligible, but uh, Christian Woods, a name that's out there. Um, Ethan Fuller did one on Dennis Schroeder. So there are guys that can be acquired to, to push your team like over to the top um, in certain roles. I wonder if there's going to be more activity when it comes to. Some I bet you this is when the talks all- start, you know, like deals don't actually probably get made until like, after the holidays, I would say. I think the James Harden deal happened like right after the new year last year. Like that seems but to be that when different. things That's, actually go together. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think that um when it comes to trades, because we're always talking about, oh, this could happen, that could happen. And there's like a flurry, like right at the trade deadline, but for the most part, there's not that many big moves that happen before the trade deadline. Um, it's more like smaller moves around the edges, things like that. But I do wonder if it could be a little bit more active because there's not a lot of teams with the cap room uh, come the off season. 
it's not going to be that robust of a market when it comes to free agency because there's not a lot of teams that have cap space. So while there's always plenty of trade rumors at this time of the year, and it's going to only pick up during the trade deadline, and a lot of years there's a lot more rumors than there are actual trades that happen, except for like the flurry of fringe moves that seem to happen right before the trade deadline. I do kind of wonder if more teams will be proactive now to make a trade because there are so few teams that have cap space in the offseason. So does that make them say, okay, if I want to really upgrade my roster, I can't wait. I need to do it now. There's there's things that maybe I want to do now because I can uh, I can get them and kind of have everything in place, not only for this season, but for the future. Um, so may, maybe that will come into play a little bit. But, um, you know, it, it's always around this time of the year where we at least start parsing out the names of people that we think could be available. And this year, because of what's going on with Ben Simmons and what's going on in Indiana and what we think could be happening in Portland, that it's a little easier, I think, to kind of root out like some of the names that make a lot of sense. It does. It does. And the thing is, too, if you're a team and you're looking at these standings and you see that everyone's bunched up, depending on where you are as an organization and, and thinking about what your goals are for this season, some teams are going to be all in. Now, others are going to be a little bit more precautious because they might see this as kind of like a an anomaly, I guess. But there's going to be some teams that are like, oh, shoot, you know, everyone's, you know, two games over 500. We're probably about 500 or a little better than why not take a swing, you know? Um, I even saw so, a report somewhere we'll that said that like the Pelicans might be buyers. And I'm thinking like the nine okay. and 21 Pelicans in the West, in the West too. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I saw it. I was like, um, don't know about that. I mean, especially we can get in this later if we want when it comes to the Sounds like of- somebody trying to save their job is what. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I don't know if you're saving a job, if you'd go that route, because you make one wrong move and you're leaving you know, all that up to chance. Well, they've already made so many wrong moves there. And now you've got the unknown when it comes to Zion and, you know, the setback for his injury and who knows when he's going to come back. Uh, I mean, there's, there's a ton of question marks going on there, but I think there are a lot of other teams that could probably say, Hey, we're one solid move away from really you know, doing something here. No question. And I, you know, speaking of, of the Pelicans, by the way, uh, the Zion stuff, we've, we've hit on it, but, you know, there's even more worse news that's come out uh, Spencer, in his recovery. He's not coming What's back up? this year. He's not coming back. No, it doesn't sound like it. And, uh, you know, you're thinking about, you know, extensions that are possible after the season. Um you have it written down here. He's going to be eligible for a max extension of five and uh, one eighty one. Um, it'd be hard to pay him that kind of money, considering how little he's been on the court uh, the first three years of his career. Uh, that's not easy. That's not an easy decision to make. Not only that, because of the injuries, and which is the biggest concern, obviously. Because he's only played, he hasn't even played 100 games in the NBA yet. Yeah. But with all the injury problems and conditioning problems and all of those things, 
if you're New Orleans, not only do you have to factor that in there, but you have to say, does this dude really even want to be here? Is he really committed to being part of this franchise long term? And that's a tough question. And and you have to think about too. I mean, Brandon Ingram pretty much if if Zion's going to, you know, command all that money and the Pelicans, you know, get desperate and want to pay him that max, then you're thinking to yourself, okay, like Brandon Ingram's been taking a step. Like individually he's looked really good. Um are you going to have to choose between those two eventually um one's definitely been more reliable than the other um as far as being on the court and you know Lee's team is victory um sacrificing all that stuff one's also still only 24 years old <laughs> like so what do you think they do between those two do you think that they move on and think that that's their core still, or because of the injuries that have happened to Zion and the lack of availability, that they do decide to say, okay, Brandon Ingram's the guy, or is it vice versa? Well, when it comes to Zion, I think the first step is you shut him down for this year. You make I don't sure, think you mess with it, yeah. Yeah. I think that you go to him and you say, all right, what do we need to do? to make sure that, you know, injuries unfortunately happen, but let's take care of what we can take care of. Let's surround you with the best facilities and the best trainers and the best nutritionists. So that way we can try to get you in the best possible shape. Can we both be on the same page about that? Then you take the steps going forward. And when it comes to, you know, a contract extension, I think you have to be very, very leery about that. Um, and for, mostly because of the injuries, like I said, I mean, look at what just happened in Denver with Michael Porter Jr. I mean, they gave him the max, which is even more because of his, you know, years of service. And, you know, he's shut down for this year and you have to wonder, is that going to be a recurring problem with him? Cause you're talking about nerve damage and his back and he's had, you know, prior back issues. And now, you know, you sit there going, man, that might've been a bad deal. And with Zion, you could sit there and say, there's so much promise. We've, we've barely even seen this guy. But at the same time, like, what are we going to do? You know, I mean, can, are you going to offend his camp? And so be it if you do. Uh, and say, we'll give you an extension. But it's not going to be anywhere close to a max deal. Like, it has to be a lot less. There's got to be provisions in there for injuries. And I don't know if that's something they're going to be open to. Um, and then I think you also have to be open to saying, hey, if he wants to be traded or if he's not committed to being here long term, what is his value around the league? And I'm not even sure because there are teams that uh, can take can handle you know taking a gamble on him a lot more. They can sit there going, well, if it doesn't work out, we can rebound a little bit quicker because of our market size and what we can do in free agency and stuff like that. When it comes to like a smaller market, especially a team like New Orleans, Man, you can't afford that because they're not a hot spot in free agency. It's tougher for them. So I think you have to legitimately see like what's the market out there? What are teams willing to ante up if we make this guy available and take it all seriously? So, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, but I think they have to be open to everything. That's probably the best way to handle it. You, you can't just throw your eggs all in one basket. And there's no you, way that's, that's you give them that max. There is no way. 
unless you know that you're signing him to trade him, there is no way you can give him that Mac extension. No, that's, that's real tough. That's real tough. Uh, let's stick on the negative. And you, you have it written down here, a couple losing streaks. I mean, obviously the, the largest losing streak belongs to the Detroit Pistons and they're just wallowing right now. Um, but teams that we expected to be better, the Knicks, the Blazers, they're really struggling right now. And um, I, I, I think starting with the Blazers, you have to look at, you know, the, the turmoil going on around the team. They have interim GM, you know, Joe Cronin um, trying to, you know, calm, calm everybody down. And it seems like they're handling it okay. Uh, but the Encore product is just not getting the job done. They recently have just had no success. Seven in a row that they've dropped. Damian Lillard did just get back, so that's good. But it's just not been sustainable. They just kind of look like they're looking for answers, honestly. Um, And I don't know if this is just another blip on the radar like it's been in the past. It It feels different. It feels different. Because the Blazers notoriously get off the slow starts. That's just how they are. But this seems a little different. It does, especially considering uh, the slow start to the season that Damian Lillard's had and having to go through his injury that he's dealt with going back to the summer and now with C.J. McCollum and his injury, which, you know, having a collapsed lung and everything. I mean, he's going to be reevaluated in a week, I believe. But who knows when he's going to be back? Maybe it'll be a couple more weeks. But, I mean, you add that in and just kind of the same roster that they've had that really has kind of fluttered around 500 the last couple of years. And, you know, and then on top of that, you look at the behind the scenes issues that have gone on, you know, in Portland and who knows how much of an effect that's had on anything, but it's starting to feel more and more like it's time to make a drastic change there. And I'm not saying that necessarily means moving Dame, but it's, it's obvious that changes have to be made when it comes to this roster. I think the other big thing there too in Portland is because they do have an interim GM right now is, is that person going to be empowered to be able to make those moves or do they need to wait until they officially hire a permanent GM? Well, we know that, uh, you know, Neil Olshi was the closest with CJ McCollum. So that in and of itself and the way that Jason quick of the athletic framed, you know, the report of his texting conversations with DJ McCollum. It, it sounds like it's going south. Um, that probably doesn't help, you know, reassuring wise. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is in that situation. Um, well, I wonder what they can maximize you if, if they put CJ out in the market and, and, because- and, and Chauncey's looking for answers too because he's switching up these starting lineups. He's, you know, kind of just uh, forcing a way to to find an answer and just seems to backfire. Right. I mean, there's you know there's the talk that that Lillard is very open to Ben Simmons, which would mean CJ would have to be involved in that trade. Is that something that they look at seriously? And you know. Philly's obviously open to that. I mean, I know there was a talk about like all these draft picks involved and that's, that's negotiable, but 
if Philly wants to get realistic about moving Ben, uh, I think getting a player of CJ McCollum's caliber is probably about as good as you're going to get along with other pieces and picks. And I don't see a problem with that because I think CJ is actually a really good fit in Philly and could be a really good fit in a lot of other places too. So, you know, if, if that's something they want to go to, uh, you know, when it comes to, you know, Philly moving Ben there makes sense. But I mean, CJ, I, I, I'm curious to see what he could command with other teams because he's a lot easier to move than Lillard at this point. And, and I think for Portland, they're so tied in with Damian. And I think they, they have this mindset, kind of like what Indiana does, where it's like, we don't want to do a total rebuild. We just kind of retool on the fly kind of a thing and make some moves. And that would still be a pretty big move. They decide to move on from uh, CJ. Yeah, that'd be the only way probably to keep Dame in a good headspace too. Because if you hear the word rebuild after everything he's gone through over there, then you're going to start hearing rumblings of, of him wanting to get out. So, you know, Portland, it's, it's not great over there. New York, definitely not great over there right now. Uh, seems there's a little bit of a hangover of, of sorts in a way of of being a playoff team and having the coach of the year in Tom Thibodeau. They've lost four in a row, seven out of eight. Uh, they have had a tough schedule. I'll give them that. And and they played their hearts out against uh, Golden State. But it just seems like the, the offseason additions are not doing what they're supposed to. Um, Julius Randle is giving it his all, but he's just not shooting the same. He's not able to, to get those to fall. And, um, you know, there's only so much that Derrick Rose can do. There's only so much that, you know, Emmanuel quickly off the bench can do. Alec Burks is giving it his all. But it just seems like they're also kind of in this tussle with themselves. Losing the, the 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 defense a little bit, but you know they're just not shooting it well. And uh, shooting's the name of the game too in this league, right? And RJ hasn't taken like a really big step forward. And you know when it comes to Obi Toppin, like good good solid player, but you don't know what you have from him totally yet. And you know they they spent a lot of money, you know, locking up the guys that they had. And you know you mentioned Randall, who's still really good, but obviously he's not as good as he was last season, which was you know, best year of his career. He's not as bad as he was during the playoffs. He's somewhere probably in between. Um, you know, Derek Rose is getting a little bit older. You know, some of the other guys, you know, they spent money on New Orleans Noel. So like they they're kind of locked in this little spot too when it comes to what they can do and do they have attractive pieces that they want to, you know, shake things up and you know, they're they're struggling right now. I mean they were they were a team built on, you know, hustle last year and they were able to make some shots to go along with that, and they haven't been able to recapture that magic so far this year. Yeah, it's tough because they were such a feel-good story last year, and they were, you know, playing such team ball, and they still, they still are. It's just that it doesn't have that same excitement to it, and it all starts on the defensive end for them. Which again, they've they've regressed in that area. Um, I think that Reggie Bullock was definitely a big part of what, what they were doing last year in that department. Obviously, he's down in Dallas now, and they you know, put Evan Fournier in that spot now, and Fournier can't guard anything right now. He can't guard anybody out on the perimeter. They've kind of had this 
Texas two-step going on with the center position between Mitchell Robinson and Nerlens Noel. Noel's been getting, you know, the starts here lately, and Matt Robinson's been coming off the bench. You know, got to watch your, your your fouls with that. I think that their bench is real fun. Like Obi Toppin's been good this year. I think that, you know, they've got they've got some excitement off that bench. And it was cool the other night to see. Quentin Grimes, you know, set the the Knicks rookie record with 27. But this isn't turning into wins. They're 12 and 16 right now. Again, the Eastern Conference is way bunched up, so we're not writing them off. But this is just a a significant slump in in a lot of people's eyes just because of, of what you're watching on the floor. Like, again, they gave it their all against Golden State the other night. But it's just not, it's not been enough. So that's that's the tough part. And like I said, I don't know what moves they could make, and it's probably going to be something where they've got to wait to the offseason. And even then, I'm curious because of the way that they already have spent their money. And, you know, they're not going to be a team in free agency. And, you know, do they have pieces that are attractive to other teams? And I would say right now, probably not. I was going to say, so, I mean... <laughs> If you wanted to get rid of Evan Fournier, well, good luck with that contract and also that production. You know, like that's that's a tough sell. You know, uh, Kemba, you'd like to see him on the floor and doing, you know, Kemba things, but he's just obviously taking a step back physically and he has not been in the rotation. So there's two of your biggest offseason acquisitions. And there's a lot of money. Like you said, you know, Fournier, what, what's Fournier making? Like 19? You know, whatever it, it is, was a, I mean, it was a it was a high number. It was a high right, number a, that they signed him to. Very high number, and and Kemba's got you know the rest of this year and next year for you know between eight and nine something like that. So the money there, the, you know, they gave Derrick Rose some money, but it's a shorter you know term deal. They gave Nerwin's Noel some money, and you know, so I mean, it's they just tried to replicate what they had last year, but just add to it when it came to Fournier and. They haven't been able to do that so far. No. No, they have not. All right, Brian. I think it's time that we set our lineup. Of course, Prize Picks, a partner of basketballnews.com. All users that deposit and use the promo code NEWS on Prize Picks will receive a 100 instant deposit matched, 100% instant deposit matched up to 100 bucks. Staring down some things here. We, I think we are collectively 0-4 <laughs> on this game for our friendly player pop, player props. Um, so I think that uh, we're due, right? Is that the word that, that I would hope here? so at some point? We are My due. Goodness. We are due. Okay. So uh, where are we starting? Where are we starting here, Bri? Mm. Let's build a lineup well, together. Oh, Oh, you want to build a lineup together or you want to do separate ones like we did last week? Uh, okay, fine. Yeah, we'll do separate just for the sake of competition. Well, I'm going to tell you where I'm going to go with at least one of my spots. Mm. I'm looking at Indiana versus Detroit. And I'm looking at Chris Duarte at 11 and a half points. That's a quite, quite a low number for the Rook who's, who's having a pretty solid year. Right. That is a a small. So if I look at what he's done lately, like in his last 10, he's been averaging 12. 
but at home he averages 13. Okay. Okay. So he's those last three games hasn't been shooting that great. Um, so you think he's doing he had for a, a turnaround? Big games. Yeah. Well, he had 10 in his last game, but before that he had a, a three point game and an eight point game, but he's at home. It's not like they're playing a defensive juggernaut. You know, they're playing Detroit. So I think he's due to at least get uh, over 11 and a half. So I'll, I'll take him. Okay. Um, I want to look at the Nets game against Philly. I already know what game I'm going to stack up. I know yeah. what I'm stacking up. I got, I got two that I'm just staring down right now. Well, I'm looking at that one. I'm looking at a couple players here because I see, you know, I see two back to back teams on the uh, second night of the back to backs that I think um, are vulnerable. I'll say that. Well, I mean, the Nets are still shorthanded. So uh, you're expecting some production from a couple of guys to step up. Look how high like KD's number is. That's awesome. <laughs> 31 and a half, which I'm not touching. But Patty Mills put up 30 in his last game, but his over-under against Philly is 16 and a half. Right. I love you, Patty. Middle. But I'm going to take the under on Patty Mills at 16 and a half. Oh, okay. Got a couple unders the, in there. I'm going to take the under on that. And um, let's see, where else would I like to go? I'm going to try to keep it all on points, too, because I just feel better about that for some reason. Everything else, man, I feel like I've had bad luck. I'm just trying to change it up a little <laughs> bit. You know, it's just like, let's just stick to some points. And I'm thinking maybe, is that where I want to go? Yes. Okay. Malcolm Brogdon. So once again, Pacers against uh, the Pistons. His number's at 18 and a half. I'm going to take the under on that as well. So I've got three guys. I got two unders. Okay. That's a newbie for me. Okay. So Duarte on the over at 11 and a half. Patty Mills under 16 and a half. Malcolm Brogdon under 18 and a half. Now, if I want to be, I can go flex play. If I hit all three right, I get two and a quarter times. My entry, or if I get two of them, I get one and a quarter times my entry. But once again, I will man up and I will power play, which if I hit all three, and that's what I have to hit to win, I will get five times my entry. And that's what I'm going to do. And I have made my picks and placed my entry. Five times. Five times. Five times. Okay. All right. I already am. I'm, 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 eyeing down I, I am very very into uh one specific player uh on oh, this, i thought you're gonna this, say three pointers made i know how much you'd love that on this night i am looking at mr jay sean tate uh we just talked about the knicks defense and how it's not where it's supposed to be so there are some numbers here that i'm liking on jay sean tate now, I'm not going to take the points. 13 is a little high for me, but I know he's a playmaker and I know he's someone who cl- crashes the glass. So uh, my first will be Jay Sean Tate over five and a half rebounds against the New York Knicks. All right. So that's a lot. Lock that in. 
I also like this number here. Um, very, very small. Didn't play much at all last night because it was a straight-up massacre in Cleveland. Uh, but Mr. Daniel Tice, very, very low point total there. Only played 18 minutes last night. Know that they're going towards Shangoon, but Shangoon played quite a bit of, uh, of time last night. So I'm looking at Daniel Tice over seven and a half here on the points. It's a very low mark. I think he could hit a few threes uh, in the opening quarter. By the way, my kryptonite, Kyle Kuzma, playing tonight, but I couldn't do it. They're playing your, against your me. Your kryptonite. Like, that is your kryptonite. Don't touch it. Don't touch him. <laughs> I was going to say, this sounds sounds pretty enticing. No pun intended, since I just picked Daniel Dice. And let's see what Mikel's done here lately, because I see that number, and that seems a little low, too. Washington's coming off the back-to-back. They just lost to the Kings. Ooh, that's tough. By the way, while you're making up your mind, uh, we have uh, breaking news from Shams that the Kings are having a COVID outbreak of multiple positive tests among players and staffers, including Marvin Bagley, Alvin Gentry, with potentially multiple additional players and staff entering protocols, and some are symptomatic cases. Mm. Not good. Not good, Rook. All right, let's let's dabble here. And you know what? Do it. Mm, I think I'm going to touch the kryptonite. Whoa, yes, do it. I think I'm going to touch the kryptonite. Give me Kyle Kuzma over six and a half boards. Whoa, I like that. Okay, six and a half boards, yeah. Right. I can see so that. It's make better than three. the points. We'll make those three, a uh, couple of Rockets and a Kyle Kuzma. And uh, we're going like to go it. on the power play there. Power play, it. that's locked in. Booyah. Continuously losing money that, that oh, I'm man. not putting well, in. You know, it, I've won several times. It's just not been on the podcast and when I've done it on my own. Fair. So it's not like I lose all the time. Now, do this I might be my favorite part of the show now. Doing the prize yeah. pick stuff. Well, it's like a whole thing to see if we can actually win one while on the podcast. So our listeners are probably like, ah, you know, like these, these are they keep thinking about this and overthinking and overthinking, but like it's actually fun to put them together. Like I said, they're to, like, man, uh, go to prizepicks.com. Uh, throw in the promo code news, hundred percent deposit matched up to one hundred bucks. So go and do that. And if you want to get some real news about how to gamble, listen to the Nothing But Bets podcast, part of the basketballnews.com podcast network, the daily podcast from our friend Evan Sidery. I thought I was the plug god. See, I was doing that in our watch party all day on Tuesday. If if anyone was watching. I was literally just, I was doing radio guy voice too. I'm like, make sure to visit basketballnews.com for all of your latest news on the NBA, NCAA, and the NBA draft. It's your best home for everything. And, you know, like, like, <laughs> at least you didn't go like radio morning zoo show, you know, like, hey, everybody, make sure that you catch on and uh, nothing but bets if you want to get some money. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> I can yeah. do, I can do, let's say, like, you could do the, the bass voice, you could do the, the high voice. Yeah. Hey, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got some wacky news going on over here. And then here. you got some hey. sound effects going on in the back. Oh, I'll say, God. I think we're, lo- I think we're losing it here, Brian. So let's, let's do this. Let's, yeah. um. Let's go back to some trade stuff because yeah. now that we've got 
to players that are eligible for trades and where we think, um, you know, there was all obviously the report that came out over the, the past week or two about different names. Like, you know, we mentioned Ben Simmons again. Here we go. We talked about the Pacers, you know, maybe what they would be open to doing. But I'm, I am curious to see, like, uh, how, how active is Indy really going to be when it comes to uh, their roster? Well, the irony is they've won three or four. They lost last night to right. the Bucks, but they've won three or four. But Indy, Indiana is notorious for not being a blow-it-up team. Yeah. Okay? I mean, the last time that they had a pick that was 10th overall. Soft rebuild people. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, because they're, they're, they're almost never in the lottery. Yeah. Like, in fact, the highest pick that they've had in memory, I believe, was the 10th overall pick years ago when they took Paul George. Three out of five, excuse me, sorry. They lost to Golden State. Too. Right. So, I mean, it's been a while. And, and, and they don't like to just implode the team. So, and I don't think they're going to do that here. I think that maybe they'll move one of their two bigs and then um, they could move Karis LeVert. But, you know, I don't know if they're going to, also trade TJ Warren, you know, and obviously they can't trade Mal- Malcolm Brogdon until the offseason because of you know, his deal. So, I mean, there's things there, but I, I am going to be curious to see what other teams are going to be active, what our teams want to make moves. Because I, I do think there are a lot of teams that will say, hey, um, let's at least snoop around right now of what could be available and what we want to improve on because, you know, you, there are teams that we weren't even sure about, you know, going into the season. And now they're sitting there going, Hey, things have happened even quicker than maybe we thought. Like, look at the bulls, you know, now the three seed, you know, in the East and how great they played and how well they've meshed. Look at you, the Cavs, winners of five in a row. And they're, they're now the four seed. And it doesn't look like that's a fluke right now because they are trending upward, you know, um, even look at, you know, and, and obviously I think you have to look at teams like, you know, the Nets, the Bucks, even the top teams in the West that they're going to want. I love what Memphis is doing right now make, too. Memphis, yeah, and Memphis they're doing it well. without John Morant. They're nine and one without him. Like, sure. That's so awesome. Utah, we're still but not I mean, all those, giving enough respect to, as I've said, over and over and over again. They're the hottest team in the league right now. They've won eight in a row. And... You know, I mean, I know they do have the Barkley curse because he said he, they're going to have the best record in the West. But, um, I mean, they're just the constant that's going to be there. So, I mean, all these teams are going to be active. And, like, you know, but different teams are going to be looking for different things. Like, is somebody going to be looking for a big piece? Or are they going to be looking for pieces just kind of help with depth and fill out the roster, you know, that aren't going to be huge? Like, like, when it comes to the Nets, like, I can see the Nets being active. But I think it's more of a depth issue mm-hmm. there. But when it comes to a team like, say, uh, the Grizzlies, uh, I do think they could be looking for, you know, a bigger name, you know, and, and some of the teams that are underperforming, I think they would like a bigger name, like, like the Mavericks. I think they would love to get a bigger name. It's Someone, just, I think really it was Nikias to that it. tossed out like Domas to Boston. And I was just like, wow, that sounds perfect. It like, does. I mean, the, you know, a team that, I think could really use a move right now to get a kick, you know, in the butt is the Hawks. Because to me, the Hawks have underperformed. They're 14 and 14 and they've got a very deep roster. And there's already been a lot of talk like, well, they can't pay everybody and get everybody minutes. So maybe Camp Reddish will be on the move, you know, before the trade deadline. But 
you know, they got a lot of guys that are playing like between like, you know, 20 to 30 minutes and, you know, their defense has been struggling so far this year. So maybe they're a team that makes a move. Um, and I think it would make a lot of sense for them to, to do something, whether it's something with Indiana or it's uh, with another team. But I mean, there's somebody I think that could really use something right now. And, and they have the assets, I think, to do it. They do. They do. I think they're, they also needed the shot in the arm to get back DeAndre Hunter. Um, that's one. Whenever uh, Onyeko Kongwu comes back with the shoulder injury, I think these are major players on their team. Uh, they do need a shot in the arm, though. <laughs> uh, feels like... I don't know if that's... You know, I, I think Capella has underperformed to some extent. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, could, could they be a home for, say, a Miles Turner? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting thought. You know? I mean, and uh, everybody wants to talk, and I'll, I'll mention it. So everybody wants to talk about what the Lakers can do. The Lakers can barely do anything. Um, quite honestly, the Lakers, if they really want to make a move, and for I think that's that the says, perfect oh Terrence God, Ross landing spot, personally. It, it probably is. And But, I mean, is that somebody you have to trade for? Or is that somebody you think you can get on a buyout market? Good question, considering the, the, the way and, the league's shaking out. <laughs> right. And I mean, people that want to sit there and go, oh, there was a report that the Lakers had internal discussions about Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I'm sure they did. Hey, should we think about trying to move Russ? Okay, where? Nowhere? Okay, he's staying. It ain't happening. I mean, they, <laughs> they, there are no moves for Russ. And, and Russ has actually not been the problem, especially over the last two or three weeks. The problem with that team, quite honestly, is getting Anthony Davis healthy and getting him to shoot, you know, uh, well from the mid-range again because he has not been good at shooting the ball this year. Uh, so I think that's been the problem there. But I mean, they they the only assets that they have are Kendrick Nunn, who has not played for them this year and is not going to play until January. And they have to hope that when he does come back, he plays well, not only for their sake, but if they do want to make a move. And then the other one is Taylor Horton Tucker, who's been very, very up and down since he's been able to play. And, you know, that's what you always get from him. It's always on potential. But, I mean, those two guys combined for $15 million. So, I mean, okay, now we've got enough money where we can go get a Miles Turner or, or we can get some other things, you know. But it still has to be, you know, two to tango. And I don't know if that's going to be attractive for another team. And- when, I, when I'm thinking about teams that, that could possibly buy two, I'll, I'll stick in the Southeast. I think that the Charlotte Hornets uh, make a lot of sense. Just from the fact that they have one of the best offenses in the NBA, but they also have one of the worst defenses in the NBA. So how do we find some balance there? You know, like, I think Evan Sidery also pointed out another destination for Miles Turner would be Charlotte. Just to get some rim protection over there. Get some protection uh, for your perimeter defenders uh, once you know, guys beat him off the dribble. I think that would be a smart move. I think you can never have, you know, enough of enough depth at that position. I know you got to still develop Kai Jones on the bench there. You have Mason Plumlee. Obviously they've had people in health protocols and stuff, but I think, uh, you know, bringing in someone like a miles Turner or, uh, a solid perimeter three and D guy, I would make a lot of sense there. But are they willing to, give up 
say PJ Washington for that. I think that they wouldn't hesitate. Personally. Because that's probably going to be one of the more attractive pieces they can dangle. I love PJ Washington as a player. I interviewed him earlier this year. Um, I, I think that he absolutely could be the centerpiece of a deal like that. The the issue that PJ's had is staying on the court. Luckily, he's been back. Um, he's only missed one game in the last, uh, I think, 10. Um, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And uh, he's you know a little undersized there, and they have undersized power forwards out the wazoo on that team. Um, they've played him at the five, which works offensively. Um, and defensively, he's going to, you know, use his bulkiness to to defend. And he's shooting the ball well this year. Um, so I think he could be a centerpiece in a deal like that. I don't know what else you put together. You know, maybe Kelly Oubre. But Oubre, in his own right, is having another sensational, you know, bounce back year. <laughs> the way that Kelly Oubre I does. would think that there's a lot of teams that would be interested in him. Yeah, I think so, too. Because I'm, I'm thinking to myself, how do you get all these guys on the court together? You know, you're thinking LaMelo, you're thinking Terry Rozier, you're thinking Kelly Oubre, you're thinking Cody Martin now because Cody Martin's averaging 15 points a game over his last seven and shooting the lights out. He leads the league 50% from deep this year, 50%. And he's playing solid defense uh, individually. So like, how do you keep all those guys on the same floor? How do you pay all these guys? Um, I know that, you know, you already have these guys locked up. But it just, I'm, I'm thinking from a broader perspective, um, with PJ, maybe with Kelly, uh, you're not moving Miles Bridges unless you think you can't pay him, which is absurd at this point because he's playing like a damn all-star at this point. You don't want to break that up. So where do you go? Where do you, who do you look to um, in order to make that move? I think PJ Washington's the first name that comes to mind. Uh, but it comes to a matter of salary matching. And that's always one of the problems. You I know? mean, Gordon Hayward just dropped 41 last night. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's your, that's your biggest salary, obviously. Um, I would look at, too, when it comes to active teams, because we know it's a rebuild for them, but how aggressive do the Rockets want to be right now in, in moving guys? Because good, good, good timing, by the way, because Nikias just uh, dropped a uh, Christian Wood potential destinations article on basketballs.com. So that that's good. Yeah, good timing. I th- I think that that Wood would definitely be somebody to look at. I think that um, Eric Gordon would be somebody. You wonder what his value is going to be around the league right now. And he's the reason they're like winning. Happen? Like it's crazy. Uh, you know the the vets combine with the youngins. Uh, the reason that they've been winning and Garrison Matthews, as, as we've mentioned in the past, like those vets are so crucial. And I think that that's showing the value that, that he has Eric Gordon shooting almost 45% beyond the arc this year. He's been absolutely tremendous. Um, moving well, defending, um, any contender could use an Eric Gordon. Um, and he's got he's got one year left on his deal for nineteen and a half, and then he has he's it's only a partial guarantee for the year after that, so you can get off his money pretty easily if you don't want to be with him long term. 
So you have that, um, you know, Christian Wood's got, you know, this year he's got, you know, one more year at 14, a little over 14 million. So that's a very doable contract, especially for somebody that is playing above that, I would think. And then, um, you know, I, I don't know how, if there's anybody else on their team that they would really be interested in moving right now. But I mean, that's, that's two pretty good pieces. I think I would so think. too. And, you know, I, I keep coming back to Indiana here. <laughs> Because I just, I just don't know which yeah. way that they go, but like salary wise, it works with Karras. I mean, for Eric Gordon, you know what the, you know what the thing is with them too is that like, I think Sabonis is the better player, and I think Turner, who's a very good player, in his own right, fits more of what Rick Carlisle wants to do. But I think that Turner is the one that's probably the more likely to be traded than Sabonis. Yeah. I think so too. One's more of a, a a franchise player, so to speak. Um, but I'm not saying that Miles Turner can't come into that because Miles has said, like, I've been stuck in this role. I haven't been able to really showcase what I'm capable of. I mean, he he said those comments and he kind of walked it. He back, walked it back for the PR. Like, <laughs> He exactly like he yeah. meant it. He meant it. Yeah, I mean that that was his frustration yeah. getting the better of him, yeah. you know, in the moment. So he meant it, you know. So it is what it is. I mean, I mean, and then I'm not going to get too deep in this, but you know, we had that profile on Rick Carlisle and his, you know, tenure with the Mavericks and his relationship that with Luca, which that was not a pretty no. look for Rick. Not at and all. And Dennis Smith Jr. basically confirmed um, it, but when it was tweets. Oh yeah. He was just like, hey, that wasn't even me. That was people around the team. He's like, time. This, this and there's even accurate. more. It's like, <laughs> I was like, whoa. So, I mean, that's that's not a you know good look. I mean, Rick Carlisle, I mean, do what you will, but I mean, this is a championship winning mm-hmm. coach. And but you could see that there was there was issues between him and Luca and the dynamic of that team and the way that he ran it. And you know, you wonder, is that gonna carry over now? You know, to Indiana, is that gonna have a negative effect? I mean, they are, I mean, Indiana already came off a bad year when they made, you know, a coaching decision that did not last. It did not work out. And they went and they reached out to Rick and they said, would you come back here, you know, to stabilize the franchise? And that's not, you know, so (laughs) hasn't happened yet, but they're playing better. It has not, you know? So, I mean, and then that's something you have to deal with too when something like that comes out and now you're trying to, you know, retool this roster without blowing it up and, you know, what kind of moves are you going to make? What kind of team do you want to be? And you would think it has to be in the mold of what Carlisle wants to do because they have committed Mm -hmm. to him. So that was a pretty big downer podcast. So I just want to bring up some, some positive things. (laughs) Um, Shout out to the Miami heat still trudging along. Uh, despite the injuries, I mean, I know that we saw you know Cleveland beat them, but they they come back and beat Philly, who's basically um, at full strength um, and, and won because of their player development. Gabe Vincent, big time shots down the stretch. Um, you know, love what I'm seeing out of out of Miami's fight uh, right now. Kyle Lowry plus bench players always works, no matter where he's at. Apparently, um, I think that the uh, performance from Anthony Edwards in Denver on Wednesday was very fun. And I continue to say Anthony Edwards is one of my favorite players to watch when he gets hot. 
he ended up with 38 points, made 10 threes, uh, which is commonplace for a guy like Steph Curry. But uh, for Anthony Edwards to see him get get that hot and to absolutely go bonkers, um, very fun to see. Very fun to watch. Went 14 to 21 from the field uh, against those Nuggets, uh, who are still staying afloat, by the way. Uh, thanks to one Nicole Jokic. But uh, just a couple of performances that, that I wanted to to uh, highlight because I think that they, they deserve some love uh, and we don't always give it. And, I mean, look at the damn nuts. Look at Kevin Durant. He dropped 51 the other night. Um, just with, with James Harden being in safety protocols, uh, the, the stretch that Kevin Durant's had has been gorgeous. Um, just doing KD things, you know, even racking up the assists now. Um, love the depth that they're showing, by the way. I, I, I know he's not going to get playing time this year, but Kessler Edwards is one of my favorite, uh, you know, was one of my favorite prospects coming into the draft. I know he didn't draft very high, um, but he's just got that, that NBA gun. Um, and uh, he had a really solid game, 17 points the other night uh, against the Raptors in a thriller, by the way. Absolute thriller. Patty Mills tied the game up with like, I think like three seconds left and sent it in overtime and the, the Nets prevailed eventually. But the Nets, I, I feel like they're, they're finding a little bit of a groove. Um, they've only lost three games in their last um, 10. And uh, they're, they're playing solid ball. And much in part because of Kevin Durant. He's gone. Kevin Durant, your uh, MVP. He's definitely up there. Over the last three games, he's averaging 38.7, 8.3 rebounds, 8.7 assists, two blocks, shooting 48% from the field, nine out of 10 at the line. And playing, I think he's playing 37 minutes. And he game. doesn't give a crap about the minutes. That's the best part. He, 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 no, he just keeps he saying, not. he's like, dude, I like to play basketball. <laughs> like, well, him and LeBron. Like LeBron's like, I'm not taking minutes off. I'm like, I'm yep, here to play. No doubt. No doubt. And and by the way, when we talk about like things that could happen before the trade deadline and whatnot, there's all this talk now that, you know, Kyrie Irving could come back to play this year, but there's also a little bit of underlying buzz, I guess, that people wonder like, could they move Kyrie? I think it's a long shot. I don't know. I don't know if they'll. Really, look I think at it's that. a long shot, um, but I think that he is, him and a Ben Simmons swap would be beautiful. It would be, and remember if that, that works Kyrie. Money wise, I don't know. But. He could be, it, it more or less does, but like he could be a free agent after this year. Yeah. Remember, I mean, Kyrie has not signed the long term extension, and neither has James Harden. Lots of questions. Lots of questions. They won't get answered by mm-hmm. next week, but next week. We'll be right around Christmas time, Brian. A little holiday cheer. On Christmas, are you going to be watching all five games? I mean, I'm definitely turned off now because I know that a lot of these rosters are going to be depleted at this point. That sucks. It also sucks that my Browns are being affected by this. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I'll, I'll watch. Your Browns are being affected yeah, by a lot of yeah. things. Uh, but I'll be watching. I'll be watching. Um, at, at the very least, if you want to put a positive spin on it, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of players 
that are on the floor who are going to embrace the moment and take it as their own opportunity, um, which is always a fun story. Even if the not all the stars are out there, uh, you know, it's almost like you can turn a negative into a positive if you're somebody who hasn't gotten that playing time, who hasn't gotten that opportunity, and you go and show out out on Christmas Day when everybody's watching. So that that's that's how I will uh, look at it. I think. By the way, you said this is a downer of a podcast. We're talking trades, okay? talking about oh, we can't get that extension. But, but oh, on. who's getting moved? I but, but, look how bad the Blazers and the Knicks are. Like, but here's what yeah. I would look at. Okay. If I, especially when it comes to the, the trade rumors. Okay. And maybe, maybe we weren't uh, uplifting enough <laughs> on it, but, uh, but I will say this. I'm like, what could be a negative for one team could be a positive for another team. And like we said, there's a lot of teams that we think are going to yeah. be buyers rather than sellers, or at least kind of fool around that market and say, Hey, you know what? Right now we're at 500. If we could get somebody, maybe we could, you know, actually improve on that. And we could definitely, you know, make sure we get into the playoffs or be a top six seed or, you know, this is a move that could not only be for improving our roster this year, but going forward, you know, kind of a thing. This is not just a, a one season move, you know? So I, I look at it as like, when you talk about parity, you know, when it comes to league, there's a lot of good games. And I think the league, when it comes to talent is as deep as we've seen it, you know? And you know, I mean, it sucks with all the COVID stuff and star players missing games, anybody missing a game. And hopefully, you know, the NBA can get through this. They're not the only sports league or, you know, anybody in the world that's having to deal with this, you know, with a, a little bit of a resurgence right now. And hopefully everybody can be safe. But that being said, there's a ton of talent in this league and there's a ton of teams that I think are going to be like, hey, let's be aggressive. Let's go sure. for it. Sure. And I, I think that sums up pretty much you know where the the league is at this point is there's a lot of guys 1 through 15 that are just waiting on opportunities and you know i like i think like i i look at my prime example like as the the Martin twins like last week when they did their thing and both Caleb and Cody were you know killing it and you know you have you know guys like on the Suns like uh, Ish Wainwright who comes in and makes an impact um you know first getting subbed in Somebody like an Austin Reeves who makes there you an go. impact. Exactly. Is that what you're well, saying? Austin Reeves has been in the rotation all year, so let's not say that that came out of nowhere. But yes, yeah, someone like that, an Armani Brooks on the Rockets. But a guy you know, that was like, un—I mean, say what you will about Reeves, but I mean, this is a dude that was mm -hmm. undrafted. He ended up wanting to go to the Lakers for a two-way, worked his butt off, got it, and they actually kept him on the regular roster. You know, and didn't send him to developmental. And then, you know, here he is now. And I mean, who would have thought, you know, less than halfway into the season, Austin Reeves is playing crunch yep. time minutes, you know, for a team and yep. hitting a game winning Jalen Noel on the, the wolves, you know, like, uh, you've got plenty that you can name that, that are just stepping up when their, their team needs them to in that moment. And, um, it's admirable. I think it's cool. I think it's it's cool when you see these kinds of stories. So uh, we'll leave you on that positive note uh, on the, uh, the the downer. And the most positive note: congratulations to Steph Curry again on breaking the record, which was phenomenal it was. to watch the other night. And now we get to see him keep going. And um, 
I'll be curious to see what number he can get to as we get to enjoy the rest of his career like we have been. Like, Just do the math. Just do there, the math. Like, How, you know, however many the- games it took Ray Allen. Okay, add that to that and then like multiply the number by a certain digit on his average three-pointers or something like that, and then you can probably get the number. But it's going to be uh, un- unreachable, I think. It's going to be over 4,000. Whether or not he can get to 5,000, I don't know. I think that would require him playing into his 40s. But he's going to be well over 4,000. Pretty insane. Pretty insane. Very much. Very, very much. But great night the other night at Madison Square Garden. And to have Reggie Miller and Ray Allen there, it'd be a national broadcast game. And, uh, you know, Mike Breen on the call and everything that went into it. That was... uh, or actually, it wasn't Mike Brink, excuse me. It was um, I was a TNT crew, but I mean, still, I mean, everything that went into it, um, it was it was a fantastic night, and uh, that's why sure we thing, enjoy basketball. Sure thing. All right, that's gonna do it for us this week here on Keep It at Ninety Four. You can find me on Twitter at Spin Davies. You can find Brian on Twitter at Brian Fritz. Find me on Instagram at Spin Davies, same handle. Find him on Instagram at It's Brian Fritz. Let's not forget. Our other favorite podcast on the basketballnews.com podcast network, The Dunker Spot with Nikias Duncan and Steve Jones Jr., The Alex Kennedy Podcast with Alex Kennedy, The Rematch with Aton Thomas, a lot of great guests on that with Aton. Make sure you go check that out. Dishes and Dimes with the ladies, and of course, Nothing But Bets with Evan Sidery. It's our newest podcast on basketballnews.com, a daily gambling podcast. So make sure you check that out. Once again, prizepicks.com. 100% instant deposit matched up to 100 bucks. Code NEWS if you want to use that. So whether we're talking to you after Christmas or before Christmas, whenever we do our next episode, we're going to leave you with hopefully a solid week of basketball. And until next time, we will see you later.